and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Jeff Becomes Jeff. That's right. Thank you all for tuning in. This is... I'm very excited to say the first episode of Jeff Becomes Jeff with a guest. That's right. You no longer have to listen to me just talking to myself and ranting and raving. I may still be ranting and raving, but I'm not talking to myself. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for a very good friend of mine, a musician, a podcaster, a film reviewer, Mr. Stevie Cade. Hello, Jeff. I'm glad to be here, and I'm very excited for you to talk to an actual human being in Thank the you. studio. Thank you. I'm happy to have another human being. It's normally just this wall here that I'm staring <laughs> at the whole time. I, do, I totally get it. And um, uh, also, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Thank you. I just recently binged all of it, uh, except for your latest one that you told me was right. popped just up. Came out here. Yeah. But yeah, I appreciate that. Huge fan I, of it. So Thank you. Thank you. And it's good to have the fact that, you know, as my first guest, somebody who's familiar with the podcast, kind of the, you know, we were discussing, for those of you, we're tearing down the fourth wall right now, uh, we were discussing prior to hitting record for the podcast, uh, this will get edited out as I lose my train of thought, what were we just talking about? <laughs> Thank you for the crickets. <laughs> Hold on, it'll come to me. Don't worry. I just, um... Dun, 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 All right, fuck it. I give up. I forget. Well, maybe maybe I'll come back to it, and, and I'll remember. Uh, are you Jesus. nervous? Are you nervous to have somebody in your studio? Is that, is that what's happening right now, Jeff? Mommy! Mommy, I'm scared. Um, so... You know, let's talk about you a little bit, Stevie. Uh, let's just jump right into that because I do want to talk about just a variety of different things normally on the show. As you know, I tend to have topics, uh, but for having you in as a guest the first time, I say that because I do fully anticipate that we will have you back, or I will have you back. I don't we the the royal we. Well, well, the Jeff and the other Jeff you become. Yeah. Right, that's true. Very very good point. Uh, but you will be back. So this first one is going to be kind of just the meet Stevie Kate episode, and then I like when the I have you back. Mm, meat. Do you spell that with an A? <laughs> Dude, it's funny. You, it's funny you said that because earlier when I texted you and said, "What time do you want to meet?" I accidentally typed in "meat" <laughs> like with an E A, and I was like, I almost sent it just for just to be funny. I'm like, nah, I don't. I'll I would have it. said fillet thirty. <laughs> That's dumb. I don't know. Either way, it's kind of funny <laughs> that that came up in the conversation. Right. So, uh, but. So we'll, we'll kind of get to making sure that the audience knows who you are, gets to know you, and you get to know the podcast. And then when, we, when you come back, we will have topics. Maybe you can even present the topic. And I will always encourage, if you have something that pisses you off, that makes you want to do a Jeff rant, feel free. We will make that the topic. And, and then you can vent, and I will sit back and realize I'm not the only crazy one in the room. Well, yeah. I mean, there's plenty of things that set me off. All right. Well, we will find out what makes you tick on future episodes. <laughs> So stay tuned. That's right. So as I mentioned quickly, musician, podcaster, film reviewer, film. The film review also extends out into, as we've done together, your watch parties. Yeah, live watch live parties and movies. Right. So, and you do a lot more than, than I do is you incorporate a lot of video and things like that into it. So whereas I'm, you know, I'm keeping my, my technology extent on the DL with just audio based listening. Well, it's, it's the same. Uh, you, you use sound effects. I use video clips. That's true. It's, it's, not too much different. 
I watched him do that. I watched yes, that happen. Yes, that was real. I'll probably still put an effect on it just to make it cooler. So, you know, we'll start with musician. That's kind of how we know each other. Is yeah. years, years ago. I don't know how many years ago. Like two thousand eight, nine. Somewhere okay. around there. So there was. We were both performers at. I think it was a Wednesday night open mic night at a bar called CBRs here in Columbus, Ohio. Yes, sir. And we were both performers that would take the stage, and then we just ended up becoming friends. And then you would come over, and we would actually work on songs that we would then do together mm-hmm. at the open mic with harmonies and all kinds of shit and it was just really cool and then life as it does happened and we just weren't interacting cbr's no. closed yeah we didn't just we didn't know each other for or talk to each other for like almost eight years yeah after that. and it, for, for no reason other than just life and you know of course that's pre or the the pubescent stage of social media, text messaging, all that stuff. So think about people that you knew back in, say, 1999 or 2000, and then you want to talk to them 10 years after that. If you don't have you don't have their phone number stored, like I can tell you right now, I do not know a single person's phone number. The only phone number I know on this planet is 911. <laughs> do, do you know phone numbers off the top uh, of your head? It's funny you mention that. I, I know my mom's and I know my dad's because okay. they've had the same phone number since like 1996. But right. I don't even know my own phone number. I, <laughs> like, it, it's, I, 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 have, I have two numbers. I have a business number and then I have my phone number and they both go to the same phone. Gotcha. Uh, but I, And I know my business number by heart. So I know those three numbers. And that's it. I'm pretty sure uh, anybody who wants to call Stevie, it's 614-butt-sex. That's 614-butt-sex. I'm kidding. Well, I well, feel bad for the person well, who's well, the irony number. Is, it, the irony is it's only one T. So. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so you get to the end, and it's like, wait, butt-sex. Butt-sex, yeah. Right. Okay. Well, well played. <laughs> and I wasn't implying anything by that. It just I was quickly in my head trying to calculate two words that were seven letters long. Right, well, that's he, all that was. Winked at me, so <laughs> no, it's a grapefruit in my eye. <laughs> so you know, as a musician now, I know you're kind of doing the similar things that I'm doing, where we're out playing not the biggest venues, but to fun crowds, fun environments. You know, mostly cover songs, if not primarily or all cover songs. Yeah, the solo acoustic, you know, show thing. Right, and then I mean, tell me, like you did something a couple years ago that I've never done, which was you went quote unquote full time as a musician. Yes. Like what what kind of spawned you to take that leap? Uh <laughs> in true transparency, I went to jail. Oh. And lost my job. Okay. <laughs> this is the uplifting portion of the program, kids. Well, no, I I, I got in a little legal trouble, and I was ignorant, okay. and I ran away from it, and then uh, I stopped running from it, and I turned myself in. They're like, okay, 30 days, you know, in county, and I lost my job because of it, because I worked at a nonprofit Christian organization. Gotcha. And, you know, whatever, learned my lesson, young, naive, whatever. After that, when I got out, I was like, you know what? I have the perfect opportunity here mm-hmm. to try to do this full time. And mind you, I had no clue what I was doing. I didn't even have any equipment. I ran one wow. o- I ran one open mic and I ran it for free and would buy speakers off the the owner mm-hmm. uh, just by working for free. Interesting. Yeah, and that's how I acquired a lot of my stuff. But I, I, I my first purchase was an actual board, but you know, my speakers, stands, mm-hmm. my you know all that. A stuff. A board for those of you out there who are listening and don't know, it's what you are right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, I didn't mean that about Stevie. I mean that about the podcast. No, but seriously, man, I, I ran in some hard times. No, a board know? is a mixing board. It's basically what you plug all the microphones and the instruments into. So I just wanted to clarify that, and we're educating people. Yes. So please continue. Uh, but, yeah, and that was initially what pulled the trigger on that. You know, How long did that take for you like to get to the point where you acquired like the setup? Well, uh, just just like uh, like two months. It, oh, wasn't, that's not bad. it wasn't very long. Um and then I hustled, 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 like really hard, sending out 150 emails every week, you know, getting two or three back, mm-hmm. going in, going into establishments, putting out my card. I even made little promo packs and all these things. Right. And I just went out there and just did it. And, and we've discussed this before because I've been like, damn it, Stevie, how do you do it? Because I just, I, I can be a people person, but I just suck for some reason at that extent. Even as a non-full-time musician right now, you still play more gigs than I do, I would assume. And that's in result of what I'm telling you right now. Okay. Uh, because that first year, I just hustled so bad, or mm-hmm. so hard, rather. And I acquired a good amount of gigs, a good amount of repeating gigs. Right. And the following year, I didn't have to hustle so hard. And then the following year after that, because I was uh, I did full time for three years. The following, the final year, I didn't have to actually hustle. It was it was all just coming back, you know, in reverb of all gigage the... residuals. Yeah, that's it. Right. That's a good one. Um, <laughs> and uh, then COVID hit. Right. And that severed. <laughs> yeah, that severed that. And and rightfully so. Like I was ready for that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was going a little too hard, a little too fast. I do that. And too fast. Too Furious, starring Stevie King. <laughs> it's all about family. Um, so now I have a, a better balance, you know, with you know my actual job and music. And again, I don't really have to search out gigs anymore. They just kind of come my way, and I can pick and choose what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And I turn down a decent amount, but I accept a decent amount as well. So that's musically, that's that's where I'm at. I'm a, in a very comfortable space. Good. So. Well, that's good to hear. Like I said, I've never. I'm at a point where I would love to be doing that almost full time right now. I'm, I'm really having a lot of fun with the podcast. It's taking a lot of time, but. It's not exactly lucrative at the moment. Right. It yeah. is. It makes me approximately zero dollars a year. That's my salary, kids. Well, so maybe even negative. Uh, because <laughs> yes, of the, because of the time spent right, and, and the, the software and the purchases. <laughs> yes. Thank you for pointing that out. You're welcome. Yes. Uh, so you know, I would enjoy doing that, but I kind of understand what you're saying because, like, for me, like with the band, we would play pretty much every weekend of the year, Friday and Saturday. We all had day jobs, so we, we didn't really take gigs that were weeknights, because especially for full bands, they usually want you playing until midnight or one o'clock in the morning. So we would yeah. save those for the weekends. But as I've gotten older, those back-to-back two-night gigs of just the loading, the playing, especially you know this time of year where the humidity and you're outside and it just takes an extra toll on you. When I do two or three gigs, three nights in a row, two nights in a row anymore, because this has happened recently, I am a worthless pile of shit the next day. Yeah, and yeah, that it definitely takes a lot out of you. Um, that's something that I'm discovering with my balance between work and gigs, um, because I kind of stopped booking uh, a lot last year. Mm-hmm. You know, when COVID hit, I kind of just stepped back a little bit. I did what I had it on the books, but there wasn't very much on the books because COVID, you know, a lot right. of people canceled. So I took that time to kind of set back, reevaluate, and moving forward, now that I'm booking more, and especially this summer, it was pretty busy considering that I do have a 40-hour-a-week job. Mm-hmm. You know, even then, I got really just way too into it again. Right. You know, I was getting exhausted, even as of recently, like just doing what I do outside in the sun all day and then having a gig immediately after, also outside. Right. 
I was exhausted, you know. And then I had an early show the very next day, oh, and, and it was. I hate I, that. Yeah, and then I an open mic the following and day. And people so, don't. A lot of people who aren't, you know, musicians or especially singers don't understand. You know, there's only so much that the human voice is capable of doing in a specific period of time. Right. Like I remember recently when I had that three day in a row show schedule, I calculated it, and from the time I started my first show until when I finished my last one, I had basically been singing for over nine hours out of the previous 52. That is a lot. Yeah. Not including the fact that you're talking to people, you're kind of schmoozing because you have to interact with the crowd and <laughs> trying to make that editable. <laughs> that was well-timed. He, he, he's, he, you've been eagerly holding that clo- that unopened beer for like five minutes. Well, so. I didn't, I didn't want to do it while you were talking, so I thought, well, I'll do it while I'm talking, and then I got on a little roll, and then I totally forgot, and then I was coming up to a pause, and I'm like, I need to open this damn beer. All oh, that, right. That was well played. Thank you. Um, well, there's there's definitely that aspect of it, uh, the impact it has on your vocals, you know, especially doing multiple shows, you know, in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. But physically, you know, people, oh, yeah. people don't understand the tip of the iceberg is the show. Right. You know, uh, what actually goes into it. You play a three-hour show, you're actually working closer to five to six hours. Right. Not even including your drive time. Right. And your load time to get into the car before the drive time and your unload time after you get home. So now it could be a seven to eight-hour day. Right. Easily. So, okay. So we've we've kind of discussed the music and, you know, one of the big things that kind of defines you right now as far as people who know your online persona, because uh, you do have an online persona that... I guess you could say is somewhat separate from your, oh, you yeah. know, your live music or just your construction remodeling, you know, the, the stuff that you're doing during the day, even just your personal interactions with your personal relationships with people. Yeah. That's a different persona and people know it. You've been doing this for a while now on a couple different channels that you have. Yep. So clearly you're a huge film buff, but what was it, you know, I, I got into podcasting, I have a background in comedy, so I'm more like, you know, in the headspace of observing and looking at situational or topical type of things and trying to make them entertaining. You went into a very specific genre and you do it very well, but, and again, a very wide, versatile, I guess, mix of the way that you deliver the content. Could you try again? Shut up. <laughs> No, I will not try again. Thank you, Siri. She was talking about your spiel. Hey, (laughs) hey, I try that again. (laughs) So I guess, like, what was it that made you think, you know what, I'm going to do a podcast? Was it, did you want to do a podcast before you knew you wanted to do, like, a film-based type of podcast? Or did you, was it more spurred about the fact that you wanted to do something where you were talking about film? Uh, well, there's a giant evolution to that, and okay. I'll try to keep this short and sweet and to the point. All right. um, my son and I, and my son is a huge proponent of Film Trigger, which is the YouTube. Uh, sorry to talk slut there. Hi, Seth. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's a huge proponent of that, that part of me. And we used to do, we have a separate channel uh, that we, it's defunct now, but it, uh, you, you can still look it up. It's called Cade Pro Films. Cade, that's C-A-D-E, by the way. Yeah, C-A-D-E Pro Films, all one word. And we just did these little Lego videos, mm-hmm. like just nothing magical, but fun. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen some of them. Oh, cool. And, uh, 
And that, at the same time, I have a buddy that lives in California that I went to high school with. Uh, his name is uh, his channel's his channel name is Durbania. Mm-hmm. Pretty successful. I think he's up to almost ten, maybe even twelve thousand uh, subs right now. Nice. And my son was actually a fan of him online before I even knew that. Like I knew he did YouTube. I, I just didn't know what that world was besides the Lego videos that we put, posted. Mm-hmm. So he showed me what Durbin was doing, and I'm like. You know what? He's talking about movies. We love movies, right, Seth? Let's talk about movies. And so that's what started Film Trigger. Our first video was literally no equipment, no nothing, just like the music. I just uh-huh. off the cuff of my heels. And uh, I just put my phone on the counter, and we just pressed record, and that was the first Film Trigger video. Nice. And it just evolved into something else past that. You know, it evolved into actually diving into movies and reviewing them. Right. Uh, and then... I started, uh, I, somebody asked me to be on their channel in a podcast setting, and I really enjoyed that. And that's what okay. and that's what made me start uh, the podcast in Film Trigger. It was, it's called Full Frontal Nerdity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, in, in, in a light, it's just like a regular podcast, but the content is entertainment, okay. you know, and all these things. And as I was discussing with you earlier, I would start doing the, those podcasts and just kind of ranting or venting and realize that I didn't talk about entertainment at all. Right. Well, meanwhile, I had this other channel, <laughs> Studio 47 Presents, right. where I would uh, promote musicians and just kind of give them a, a platform to talk on. So I decided to take the podcast concept, move it to that channel, because uh, Studio 47 Presents can transform into whatever I want it to be. Right. It's not something any, uh, specific at all. Mm-hmm. So that's where I started the podcast, where I like I brought you in and a lot of other musicians, or um, you know, just what, what have you. That when you do that, and it's not film based, is an interview, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, just an open discussion, really, uh, and maybe a chance to dive deeper into somebody's mind, you know, the mind behind the music, the mind behind the photographer, the mind behind, you know, somebody who has uh, been addicted to drugs and now they're clean for so many years. Like we just, it's not one thing. It's very Joe Rogan-esque right. in, in, in its inspiration. Which is not a bad oh, no. thing to follow because he's hugely successful from a podcast perspective. Right. Well, and I just really enjoy just the, the open discussion, right. the, how the discussions can just go anywhere. It doesn't matter. We don't have to sit and talk about this like what one we're specific doing right thing. Now. Yeah, exactly. And that's where I'm at with podcasts and I'm enjoying it. Always trying to think of new things to do, uh, especially at Film Trigger. It's evolving into something else now. I'm doing less videos, mainly because of work. I don't have time to do all the editing. Right. So now I'm starting to do live streams. I do a live stream every Sunday at 1230 Eastern Standard Time where I meet up with a buddy from London, England, and we we just talk about inter- the top weeks past entertainment top news stories. Nice. You know, and that's it's fun. And is that it's, something you were doing for a while, but you just started doing again recently? Yes. Yeah, okay. I did. I did them as regular videos before. <coughs> excuse okay. me. Uh, again, editing, and that was a drive-by news. But this is just going live. I bring up all the uh, the topics in my uh, window screen, and I just click on them, and we just we just look at the whatever topic it is and just discuss about it. it nice. It's, it's pretty simple, but it's the same concept. They last maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I get somebody else's input on top of. And where do people find that? That's on Film Trigger. Okay. Yep. So, it, so they, it, they would just like look up Film Trigger on like YouTube. Yep. Okay. Film Trigger. I'm the only Film Trigger that shows up. And then having having the guy from London, England. He has a channel called Hit or Miss TV. I, I'll tell you what, man. His accent is just so damn adorable. Oh, yeah. Like, I love talking to him. I'm sure. He's like, I've got duty at the end. Like, <laughs> you, you mean you got to work? You know, like, duty. <laughs> I got duty. Oh, <laughs> he, he, uh, he, we were doing something uh, Sunday, and he, you know, when he, he, he pronounces THs as Fs. Oh, and, weird. 
So he said Friday the 13th, and it was everything I had, not just like crack. Right. Faith. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. Dude, I love it. Dude, anyway, anybody listening, go check out his channel, Hit or Miss TV. The guy is a, he, he's a gamer, a movie reviewer, and all around just awesome dude to watch. So. Nice. Very cool. All right, so I'm going to engage your brain now and make you. This is not okay. We're going to get to a segment later that's really going to engage your brain. Oh, this isn't the segment. This, this isn't that. Okay. No, that we'll, we'll do that at the end when we feel we've said everything we need to say. And, and before we're done, we are going to discuss. I think you wanted to discuss Natalie's. Oh, we uh, can do that right now. So I'll give people a recap. If if you aren't a regular listener, I had recorded a podcast episode that I did not release, but I did kind of touch upon it in another podcast about a local pizza shop, Natalie's, that I was pissed at because they made the news by basically saying, in order to come into our establishment and eat, you have to prove that you have been vaccinated. And my my kind of perspective was, why can't we just do masks again? Why do we have to segregate? Right. And I love the fact that this is the great thing. I know a lot of people disagree with the shit that I say. And of course... Because I'm sitting here talking myself, I probably speak more emphatically about things than maybe I actually feel. Uh, but, you know, this was something when we discussed having you on that you kind of just, there was something in a text quickly about Natalie's, and I want to make sure that we have that discussion. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I kind of forgot I texted you about that because uh, I was just listening to your podcast where you'd mentioned you went on a rant and right. deleted the podcast. And I've, I've done those before. I, I kind of just wanted to pick your brain a little bit. Uh, obviously, you, you feel very emotional about the fact that why do we need to segregate segregate all these things? Why can't we just put masks on? Have you ever been to Natalie's? No. Okay. See, I look at it from a slightly different perspective because I've played at Natalie's before. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice place. It's high end, kind of a badge for me to, to have played okay. there. And when I heard this news, it was so disappointing. Right. Like I was so upset. Like what would make them think this was I mean, financially okay? Right. You know, and I'm curious to see how it's going to pan out for them. But do you think this is something that's going to actually snowball and like become a thing with other restaurants and uh, establishments? No, I, I think I think we will see it when it comes to large scale events. If like Delta continues to be bad, so you're talking like sporting events, concerts. I mean, they I think they're already doing that with some of those, and I think that makes a little more sense where you've got nineteen thousand people packed into this, you know, one comparable to the amount of people that's in there, small space. Yeah. But from a restaurant perspective, and here's the other thing, like they, what pissed me off the most was I felt like it was more of a press move than it was anything else. Like this is a way to get ourselves into the press, clearly very hardcore liberal thinking, which that's fine. As I've mentioned before, I think hardcore liberals and hardcore conservatives are all fucking crazy. I am very much in the middle, but I don't appreciate the fact that someone would do something that to me seems to really take society in a major step backward because they could just do the mask and now it is an all-inclusive environment yeah they're more than welcome to do that but they're doing such a drastic step at a time when the ohio you know department of health and the cdc at least in our area is not even mandating masks they're recommending it for people that aren't vaccinated but that is it that is the furthest that they've taken it we haven't had major delta issues here so that that's my bigger thing but i i don't really see that being the case in restaurants and there's also like HIPAA violations we've been hearing that for a long time like 
disclosing your personal medical history, even your employer isn't allowed to know certain things right. like that, let alone the asshole that is making your stone-baked pizza. You know, he doesn't need to know if I've got my COVID shot. I will go on the record as saying I am fully vaccinated. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. This is not a statement against vaccinations. It is a statement against this mentality that people have that they feel like they're making a statement and some kind of social commentary and they're getting publicity for it. But from my perspective, it's such a reverse social commentary that, as I said, I, I will never go into that establishment just because of the fact that they were, in my opinion, dumb enough to make this stance because it was yeah. totally unnecessary. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I agree with you to an extent. I don't know if it you know, was a publicity stunt or, or you know something just to get their name in the news or anything like that. Just that to, had to be a factor, though. I mean, knowing that you're the first establishment probably in the entire state to do that. Well, imagine what kind of echo chamber you have to be in where everyone crowds around and says, yeah, this is a good idea. Well, you know, because it seems like maybe someone just came up with the idea and again, they, they everyone just kind of thinks the same thing. And there's not somebody, you know, pushing like, hey, let's discuss this a little bit more. Do right. we really want to be the first place to do this? Mm -hmm. Because that is such a risk, especially for a place that I hold in high regard. I always held Natalie's in high regard. It is a risk if... Rather, it isn't a risk if you know your clientele, though. If the majority right. of their patrons, if not all of them, are not going to be your average, you know, anti-vaxxer, you know, forgive me for lumping this word over anti-vaxxers, but, you know, redneck or hillbilly or somebody that's, you know, because there are plenty of black American, probably liberal football players who still refuse to get the vaccination, like Cam Newton from the Patriots, who just got released from the team for not getting vaccinated. So it's not like there is just a one type of person or mentality, but there clearly is factions that are easier to identify, just like you can identify those factions of people who are going to be very inclined to get the vaccination and put it on their Facebook page. Look at me. I got my vaccination. Oh, man, that drives me crazy. Oh, I know. Who fucking cares? Right. <laughs> that's that's the shit. So schmitz. <laughs> so schmitz. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's, uh, again, it goes back to the echo chamber uh, comment, you know, like, but like you said, knowing your audience could also go that route as well. It makes it less of a risk because you don't really see much backlash if you know you've got a very hardcore liberal crowd. Right. Uh, but like you said, you're vaccinated and you're not going to go there just on principle. And just imagine how weird that would be to have to show this medical proof that you have to get into an establishment. Yeah. It, it seems creepy. And I, I will tell you that I have my a picture of my vaccination card in my photo gallery on my phone in the event that there's something that I want or need to do that does require vaccination. And again, like I said, I can understand it for, like, say I want to go on a cruise ship. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> But say I want to go on a cruise ship, that I understand. Because, again, you are just, and we saw this at the beginning in the outbreak of COVID, cruise ships kind of started it all. Or at least that's where we saw those epicenters start to happen. Yeah. Because all these people were, again, it's a, a cruise ship is freaking massive. But when you look at the amount of people... You know, sharing, to the ratio of that air space, vents right. and all that, it just it spreads like wildfire. Yeah, just like in an arena or something like that, an enclosed space where you're going to see Garth Brooks. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I don't even know if he still performs. Uh, he just canceled his gig, uh, his uh, shows this year because of COVID. All right. Yep. That son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he's not making people prove that they're vaccinated. Right. Right. Um, but 
yeah, when it comes to cruise ships specifically, you're, you're in a tin can with a whole bunch of other people for right. an extended period of time sharing the vents. I mean, when that would first happen, people would say, oh, no, keep them on the, keep them on the ship. Mm-hmm. You know, and doctors were saying, no, get them off the ship because right. they're going to keep, keep getting it over and over and over again. We're in such a weird space right now um, where we just don't know what to do with this mm-hmm. situation. And you have these quick trigger ideas like Natalie's, oh, we're just going to go full vaccinated or right. nothing else. You know, seats taken, can't come in. What is this, Forrest Gump? Yeah. Seats taken. Seats taken. Taken. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> and I think when it came to that decision, I think that was, it was an ignorant decision. You know, it was a decision not well thought out, or maybe they thought they can just, like you said, count on their clientele. Like, oh, they'll stick with us. And I don't know if it, I don't know how it's affected them. I don't know if their business has stayed steady or gone down, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't gone up. Right. And the question is, at some point, are they just gonna, when they realize no one else is doing this and it's such an extreme stance and the, the news is already gone, at what point do they maybe just repeal that and it's all just quietly done and now it's just, Masks are required for non-vaccinated, but th- that you can't even do that. That's why it's recommended now. Because you, then you still have to ask for proof. Right. You, you can't. It's it's you know he said she said as far as am I wearing my mask if I'm vaccinated or not. I'll be honest with you. As soon as the vaccination started to roll out and the CDC like we got to a percentage where they were able to take away the mandates, I was not fully vaccinated and I was going into stores and establishments without my mask on oh, because oh you know what? Fuck God. it. I, I think and I've mentioned this. We've gotten you know, to this mentality now where we just are believing and defending and supporting everything that all of these officials are telling us to do or telling us that we should do. And historically, those are the people that you're typically disagreeing with or uprising against. So it baffles me that there are so many people that are like, how dare you question Fauci? Right. Yeah. Well, it, it you play, think it he play, doesn't have an agenda? It plays into fear. It, it, right. It, everything plays into fear. And excuse me, I just saw this post from a friend the other day that kind of explained something and explained this pretty poet, poet, uh, pretty easy po- for you to say <laughs> pretty poetically. Um, and it was a true story. He was in a room, and he was in a room with a whole bunch of masked people, and he didn't have his mask on. And they're like, you need to put on your mask. And he goes, why? He goes, everyone else has masks on. What's what's the point <laughs> if I'm the only one without a mask? This he, is exactly me when I went to my buddy Nick's funeral last year, right after the mandate started. They weren't everywhere, but one of the first places they hit was like weddings, funerals, where there were going to be large gatherings. Yeah. I was the only person at the showing without a mask on. And in my mind, probably the same mentality that you got. If everyone else has a mask on, one person in the room can go without a mask. Yeah. Because you guys are all wearing my mask for me. Yep. And you're protected from me on the flip side. Yeah. And I just read this just a couple of days ago. And when I read it, I was like, this makes perfect sense. But he's he was still being, you know, quote unquote, attacked mm-hmm. for not wearing a mask because the point at that time, the narrative is, well, mask. You just need to mask. There's no real thinking beyond mask on face. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's a dangerous atmosphere. Yeah. But I'm not going to, I don't, I don't want to go into. No, that's fine. Well, I'm glad we got to discuss it. And I, again, I wasn't even sure going into this. You had just mentioned, hey, I wouldn't mind kind of talking about the Natalie's thing. All right. We're going to switch topics. Yes. So, okay. I've got, again, this is not the, the new segment, which we'll get to, but I do want to pick your brain on a couple things. Yeah, so absolutely, from, man. we're going to pick your brain from a, a musician perspective and then from a film buff perspective. Okay. So as a musician, 
what is your favorite song to perform? People ask me this a lot of times at shows, and I kind of always have to think about it, but I do usually settle on one. Yeah, I was actually asked this uh, last week on a podcast. Um, and it doesn't have to be necessarily the song that you think gets the best response. No. It's the one that gives you the most satisfaction to perform it. There, I would say there's, outside of originals, I think there's two. Okay. And one is pretty popular with the crowd. The other one... It's a hit or miss, depending on who knows it. Right. But the main one, well, I'll start with uh, the runner-up, and that would be Snuff by Slipknot. Okay. I just emotionally just enjoy that song. And that's definitely off, you know, from the type of shows that we play for roughly middle to upper, middle-age age group that's going to be more into classic rock yes. or 80s, 90s era stuff. Very rarely do I get to perform it's it. off the beaten path, And for that's sure. why I like it, because when I do perform it, it's because I'm requested something right. in that light. Right. And I'm like, ah, I can get you. You know, or uh, actually sometimes people will say, what's your favorite song? And that's when I'll bust it out. I got you. You know, and that's why I really enjoy that. Now, when it comes to, like, the regular set, mm-hmm. um, if you could only see by Tonic. Okay. I just... It, I do that one as well. Nostalgia. Awesome song. Yeah. N- nostalgia. Um, I, I don't know how you play it, but this the uh, my fingers are all over the fretboard. Like, I just... I love playing that song. It's just a lot of fun. And I, yeah, I, it's a cool jam. Yeah. And I... Yeah, that's one of my favorite ones to do. The chicks so, love it. Yeah, they do. For yeah. sure. Okay. So, outside of performing, Desert Island, rest of your life, one album. It's all you get to listen to for the rest of your life. You're going to a desert island tomorrow. You get to take one album that you don't have to listen to it every day, but it's the only album. And I'm going to exclude compilation albums like movie soundtracks ah. or things like that. Yes, I know. Well, because well that's thought. well played, sir. Yeah, that's too easy. I will allow greatest hits, but not like compilations. So we're looking for an artist and then you're the best selection from that artist. Okay. Well, uh, two albums come to mind immediately, and I'm not sure which one I would choose. So every question that I ask you to pick one, you're going to give me two answers. That's, no. I appreciate that, Steve. Thank you for breaking the rules. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, uh, no, narrow it down. Like Seriously, like you have to well, go. I'm on debating the t- on, the, on these two because they're, they're... All right, they're, I want to hear the two. two completely different sounds. One, 10,000 Days by Tool. Okay. The other one, Black Sheep by Martin Sexton. Okay, Which wow. is a little more askew. Uh, people probably don't know him a lot, uh, but that album is just... Yeah, those are polar opposites. Polar. So, so you know what I'm talking about with Martin yes. Sexton? Okay. Um, so I think I'd probably go for Martin Sexton. I would too. Yeah, just just for mental Longevity. health. Yeah. yeah. And 10,000 Days, amazing album. Yeah. Uh, definitely my favorite Tool album by far. I mean, the, the artwork and everything, insane. So Yeah. But you, you definitely have to be in a certain mind state uh, for, yeah. for that. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, Martin Sexton, Black okay. Sheep. Fair enough. All right, so now we're going to ask some similar vein questions, but now Stevie the film buff. Ooh. All right, this one's easy. Well, no, I, it sounds like an easy question. I probably have two answers for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did I not see that coming? It sounds like such an easy question, but for someone like you, it's this is like the fuck all of questions to answer. <laughs> Favorite movie? Ed Wood. Okay, Wow. Wow, he yep. snapped that out. Yep. It's like a it's... finger coming out of a prostate exam just. Oh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh yeah, uh, that's no, that's been my number one favorite movie since I first seen it. I, I own it on iTunes. I am a huge Tim Burton fan. I've got Tim Burton movie posters all over my yeah. what I call my TV room. Yeah, well, it's not even like a Tim Burtony no, movie, it's not. But, but, but I, I'm well. It's enlightened the fact that I'm a old school horror buff. Right. Like I love Plan the Black Nine and from White. Outer Space. Play, right. Yes, Plan Nine from Outer Space, the original Dracula. Which a lot of people just a quick fun fact. 
I don't even know if you know this, if you're not a Seinfeld fan, but there is an iconic early episode of Seinfeld in, I believe, the first season. It was one of the first episodes, and it really kind of defined that it was, as they called a show about nothing. This whole show, they were waiting in a lobby of a Chinese restaurant to be seated. I remember that episode. And... They're in a hurry because they have tickets to go see Plan 9 from Outer Space. So that's the whole reason they end up having to leave the restaurant without even eating at the end is because the movie's about to start. So, yeah, and for those of you who don't know Ed Wood, it is about the making of what is dubbed the worst movie ever made, yep. Plan 9 from Outer Space. Yeah, and I just, I really relate to the character Ed Wood. Um not not in the cross dressing right, sense. Right, I was just about to yeah, ask. I, I wanted to get that before How you. How are your you panties fitting today, Stevie? <laughs> well, no, just uh, the guy was in his thirties. Felt like he hadn't didn't know what to do. You know, he felt like oh, you know, I, I haven't made it yet. And that's where I was. You know, in my mm-hmm. early thirties, and like that's where I was when I was forty six. Wait, I'm forty six <laughs> now. Son of a bitch! Damn it! <laughs> well, whatever. It's universal, uh, any age. But like at the time, it just connected with me. Right. And then like he put out this subpar thing because he just wanted to. Right. And it became his legacy. I absolutely love that aspect of that movie. Like, it just the the whole. Ed Wood essence, you know, like it's not about the major details. It's about the big picture. You know, right. like the, I love that aspect yeah. of it. And it's kind of like where my mindset goes <laughs> a little bit. One of the, the things that I do, like right. running off the cuff of my heels, I, like right. I do all the time. So like, yeah. And I just love the nostalgia of they put it in black and white, made it like an, like an old, right. you know, um, sci-fi thriller. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just, I, I could pop that movie in anytime. Anytime. So yeah. there's okay. your easy one easy answer. answer. One answer. Yep. Look at that. <laughs> okay. So I know you've listened to my episode about things that piss me off in movies. Yes. Just especially things that elude plausibility. You probably also, I know you're a big fan of like the, you know, the, the Marvel and DC, the yeah. superhero, things like that. Sci-fi. Of course. Yeah. Horror. I'm a fan of all of it. Okay. But. Because you are probably more attuned to certain genres than maybe the average movie watcher, you might have different answers than the average person. What would be your most hated aspect or aspects, we can allow multiple responses on this one, of filmmaking? Like things that are common, commonalities that just, and you can't talk about going through an air vent, slow-mo walking from a building, or anything I talked about on my podcast. But maybe something I missed that's just annoying. Um, and most people might not even notice, but to, to your eye, you would. Inappropriate time jumps. Uh, like when a character arrives to an area in a time that, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you can hone in on horror movies for this, um, specifically Friday the 13th. or Friday the 13th. Um, <laughs> you know, where, where Jason just shows up, right. you know, zombified. Now, obviously, that's what makes the scare of it. Mm-hmm. But the newest one, the, the one that came out in 2009, rectified this issue. But it's always been a huge problem with me. Like, okay, I get, like, you know, he's a zombie, whatever, but... How the fuck did he get over there? How, right. how did he get over there? It's always bothered me. But 2013 explained this with a series of tunnels underground, you know, and that's how he could jump from one place to another. Interesting. You know, and so when I see things like that, but then later see them get rectified in other movies, I love that aspect, but they still drive me crazy in old movies and almost put a distaste in my mouth. Yeah, and I... I know I've discussed this with you. I don't know if we did it on mic when I was on your podcast, but I have a huge time disparity issue with Batman versus Superman. This is what made me just, I I just, I, 
ah, I'm done with this movie. <laughs> it was near the end. So Batman and Superman have realized, hey, both our moms are named Martha. Let's be buddies. So now all of a sudden everything's fine. Superman's mom is being held captive by these people in this warehouse. Right. But across the river, Lex Luthor is resurrecting Doomsday. Right. right. And he has a timer set for when Doomsday will manifest. And it's like. Tw- it, it, it's a timer of when Superman's supposed to bring Batman's head. That's what the timer is. Okay. And at the end of this battle, where they're now friends and they need to save Superman's mom and get to Lex Luthor, the timer is around, I believe, 20 minutes. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's 20 plus minutes. Right. In 20 minutes, Superman could have easily gone. He can fly around the world so fast that he can turn back time. He could have gone and saved his mom. He could have then made it across the river and still had, I don't know, 18 minutes left. Instead, he sends Batman to go change his clothes, get in a different vehicle, save his mom, and then when the timer is almost over, 20 minutes later, Superman shows up across the river. Why did it take Superman 20 minutes to fly across the fucking river? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, that That is an issue that I've even noticed. Like, uh, like, even cut that down when, you know, he says, you know, I... I your, you know, your mom won't die tonight. You know, you go get Lex Luthor. The time that he's in the warehouse doing all this stuff, what the fuck is Superman right. doing? He's, he's like, well, I mean, he's got my mom, so I guess I could, I could just cruise it on over here. It took him 20 minutes to fly across the river. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure he went, took Lois Lane, you know, over to Lover's Lane, <laughs> got a little super hump gone. <laughs> I, he's like, my mom's fine. I'm actually Although of, I would think Superman could finish in less than 18 minutes, so... <laughs> There's uh, yeah. no excuse for that no, either. No, there's no. Uh, the, for things like this, um, I, I probably would almost blame, you know, just like we don't know what's on the cutting, cutting room floor. But I'm also very defendant. Defendant? Def, I, I defend this movie. The defendant, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I defend this movie a lot because it's one of my favorite. I, I think it's great. I, You know, I also didn't care for... I felt like the whole Wonder Woman, I understand they were trying to introduce her to the universe, but I felt like there was just a little shoehorning, setting up future movies. I really wanted the movie to focus on Batman versus Superman, yeah. and that that was an aspect I could have done without all the... Oh, here comes Wonder Woman. They're playing the Amazonian drums. <laughs> you and I do not see eye to eye. To eye. <laughs> Every time I hear those fuck, I've not even seen the movie Wonder Woman. Uh, I mean, I I loved. I'll be honest, Justice League. We've discussed this, but the the rem- or the the Snyder cut, fucking amazing. I it's yeah. what four hours long. Yep. I watched it twice in a twenty four hour period. That's how much I loved it. So and again, I, I didn't even have a ton of qualms with the original Justice League. I thought it was good. Um, it wasn't as good, obviously, as the Snyder cut, but. If I had to grade Batman versus Superman, I would still probably give it a B plus. You know, I'm not. Right. I don't right, consider it a so. bad movie, but there were just certain things about it that I could have done without, or that just didn't add up. And it just seems so obvious to everyone else. It doesn't take Superman 20 minutes to fly across the fucking river. Yeah, and, and things like that. Uh, when I when I watch movies, I always leave a room for um, suspension of disbelief. Right. You know, like okay, I like for example, like I understand. SpongeBob having a fire underwater doesn't make sense. Right. You know, but it's a fucking cartoon. Right. It's but it's a fucking cartoon. You, you know? also can't, you know, chop a cat up into pieces, you know, a mouse with a butcher handle and then he play him like an accordion and in the next scene he's back together and chasing you around the corner. Right. So well my my point is 
so when I hear people complain about things, like uh, they'll uh, just going back to that SpongeBob reference, I don't know why it popped in my head. But somebody, it's a good example, though. But somebody will say, "Look at SpongeBob; he can't have fire underwater." I'm right. like, but we're going to ignore everything <laughs> right. else about this cartoon right. that doesn't make sense yes. and focus on this one reality. And that is always like, that. <laughs> you and I probably do that all the time, where it's so funny when someone chooses to suspend disbelief on something so fantastical that they focus in on the one thing that's like the least thing you should worry about. Right. Now, let's, let's not talk about the fact it's a talking sponge, right. you know, who works in a restaurant flipping burgers. Like... You're honing in on one thing and like going, isn't that dumb? I'm like, no, the whole thing's dumb. That's right. the point. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so is there anything else from a, like a film perspective that, like, how do you feel about, because this is always a sticky situation, and if we're talking about time disparity, how do you feel about time travel movies? Oh, I'm a sucker for them. Okay. I, I, I am too. I, I just let it go. I, listen, I know it doesn't make sense. And actually, that's part of the fun of it is when you're like afterwards going, you know what? Actually, this is actually impossible. This couldn't happen because this or that would have changed this. So this isn't the reality. Like, that's actually part of the fun of it for me is right. like picking it apart, you know, but it doesn't change my experience with Back to the Future. No, of course not. You know, that, move, that movie's so inconsistent. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't matter. It's a popcorn film. Right. You know, so when it comes to time travel Well, the problem with Back to the Future is they introduced commercially to fucking everyone, because everyone saw this movie, the idea of what the paradox or whatever they call it, where you can't exist in two places. Yeah. Everyone at that point, I know at least me, every time I watched, I don't care if it was Time Cop or whatever the fuck it was, every time I watched a, a... time travel movie, I just assumed there was this fucking paradox and no one could be in the same place at the same time. Now, there's movies where clearly you are in the same place and interacting right. and it doesn't kill you. I feel like Time Cop, you couldn't touch, maybe. I love Time and, Cop. And if, isn't, wasn't that how it was? You couldn't touch the actual person or yeah, it would I, kill I you? I can't quite remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I think that's how they I've kill the bad it. guy at the end, is they make them touch. Yeah, but it's definitely and one of my it top... It gets slow and it's, it's a, lovey-dovey. Mm. It's in my top 100 mo- 90s movies, so... Van Damme, I used to do an awesome Van Damme impression when I was younger because I used to love like Kickboxer and Bloodsport. I mean, when those came out on um, VHS, yeah. So, I, but it's that slow mo where, for those of you who can't see me, which is all of you, I'm slamming my hand down like I'm gonna break bricks. Okay, so here's how it sets up. Like, and I don't remember Kickboxer, Bloodsport, one of the two. His trainer says on it, there's a stack of concrete bricks, and he goes, "Break bottom brick." So he's got to fucking hit this stack of bricks and only break the bottom one, which I don't even know how that fucking physics work for that. But he in slow mo goes, That's basically, and it is. I was waiting for you to pass out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I had more left. I just realized I was burning the bit. (laughs) Well, at least you didn't do 25 minutes of just crickets. Oh, yeah. What asshole would do that? (laughs) Um, The the best thing about Time Cop is (laughs) you can't go wrong when you have Van Damme doing splits in the midair wearing tight, whitey tighties. (laughs) I thought that was all of his movies. It's so good. He loves his own ass. He loves his own body. I'm pretty yeah. sure that like he can't jerk off without a mirror in the room. <laughs> I, I, you're probably not wrong. And like, and then when he finishes, while he goes doing the splits. Yeah. <laughs> that, they, uh, that's his own face. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
would be so awful to like be Van Damme's prom date and right at the end of the night like it's this slow motion explosion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you broke the bottom over you son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm never not going to think that now. So thank you for for that. You're welcome. But I will say one of the best time traveling movies is actually a, a romantic movie. Uh, well, more of a romantic, dr- dramatic movie. But you're gay. Oh well, <laughs> maybe a little. Um, no, six one four butt sex. Six one four butt sex. That's right. <laughs> um, the time traveler's wife. This movie is so. I may have seen well this. Who's in it? Done. Um, Oh, what's uh, God? What's his name? He, God's in it. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> no, oh, what not, is, no, no, not no, Jesus. No, just God. Okay. It wasn't a family production. Okay, um, no nepotism here. <laughs> God, I cannot remember his name. He played. Um, in, he, he was the original Hulk. Sean Connery. No, what, you're just making up shit. <laughs> Lou no, Ferrigno. No, the, the cinematic Hulk. The original cinematic Edward Hulk. Norton. The one before him. Oh, Jesus. No, see? We, we went through this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so lost. I, I can't remember his name. Um, oh, Eric Bana. Yes, that's it. Uh, yeah, he's Why do it. I know all of this useless fucking shit? Well, and you're the film nerd, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I over here fucking IMDB Jeff over <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I really, I really suck with names. It's a very prominent problem with my channel. But um, no, it, it, that is the best time traveling movie because it actually makes sense. There's no machine. There's a mystery behind how he time travels, but no organization. There's no choice. He just randomly picks up and travels and comes back. He doesn't know how long he's been gone. But it, I'm not going to go into spoiler territory with it. But it's a great. When did the movie, movie come out? Uh, I would have to say... I want to know what the statute of limitations on spoilers is. Oh, I'd have to say <laughs> somewhere around point. 2010. Spoiler alert! Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah, it, well... What was that? The 30s? Gone yeah, with the wind? Yeah, the 40s, <laughs> something like this. No, when it comes to that movie specifically, the way they handle time travel is... You, you can't really say, oh, that can't happen because it's so mysterious. It's it's a it's a magic, you know. It's- right, and I kind of pointed that out on my episode about movies where, like, when it comes to sci-fi or futuristic films, you have a lot more leeway. Yes. Because it's hard to challenge. We don't know what that would actually look like. Right. Well, even even that, but like the the continuity of things, how they pan out, it doesn't work in this whole. Well, we just create a whole new alternate timeline. No, he's literally jumping from time to time and. It's it's time a beautiful after time. it's a beautiful movie, well done, very creative sci-fi romantic drama, whatever. All right, I don't care if it's a spoiler. There's only one thing I want to know about this movie. At any point, does Eric Bana have a slow motion orgasm, a la Van Damme? <laughs> I'm gonna. Let, I'm not. I don't want to spoil this movie <laughs> for everybody. I don't want to be that guy. All right, fine, fair he enough. May, he, I will say this: there is a scene where he is naked. Multiple t- multiple scenes where Full he is frontal? naked. I don't want to. I don't want to give away oh, too much. A little banadong, banadong, <laughs> banadong, banadong. Did it on. All right, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna move into the fun portion. This is a brand new segment, kids. So this is what's gonna happen when I have guests on the first time. I may do it with them at other follow-ups, but it's not going to be mandatory. Like, every time you come, I'm not going to do the trivia. But at least the first time I have a guest on the show, I'm going to do a trivia that's kind of based around the stuff we've discussed that is your forte, your expertise. So, ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the brand new segment. All right, kids. It's time for... Jeff's Ask 
That's right, it's the trivia game show where Jeff is an asshole and tries to make his guests feel like an idiot. Not a trivia show about Jeff's asshole. All right, so here we are in Jeff's asshole trivia. So today on our show, we have our guest, Mr. Stevie Cade. All right, now we are going to discuss film history, film history and film trivia. Now, Let's remind everybody the purpose of Jeff's asshole trivia is that I'm being an asshole and trying to make my guest look as stupid as possible. Which isn't hard <laughs> in this case. What's not hard? Look away. <laughs> Banadong. Banadong. <laughs> okay, so I'll be honest with you. I'm not sure that I could have answered any of these questions myself, and I consider myself a pretty big film buff. There's some I might get right, but basically only because of a guess. So I'm going to just put that up front. We'll see how you do. And let's. I also want to clarify for the audience that Stevie is what, probably almost a decade younger than me. Yeah. Okay, like so older movies like that I grew up with in the late 70s, early 80s or whatnot as a kid – those are prevalent in my mind as just movies of my childhood or my of my life and my experience. To those, to you, they're just maybe things that you've seen, but yeah, you don't have more, the attachment to. More of a gray area, right. yeah. So I'm going to start with what I consider a softball, okay? In The Matrix, the main character, Neo, was given the option to swallow one of two different colored pills. What was the color of the pill he decided to swallow? Green. Well, that wasn't even an option. Blue or red were the oh. two choices. <laughs> I, and I didn't even give you, I, I purposely wasn't going to give you choices because I just thought the blue or the red pill, everyone knew that. Okay, <laughs> it was the red pill. Neo swallowed the red pill. See, I, I got that wrong on all fronts. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. In, in my defense, I haven't seen The Matrix in like 15 that years. That is the so. point. That is the point of Jeff's asshole trivia. All right. I don't know if you'll know this one, but a great movie in Fight Club. Director David Fincher claims to have snuck what prop into every scene of the movie? Starbucks cup. Oh, yes. Let's give it to him. Yeah. Good job, Stevie. I would not have known that. All right. Now, this is kind of going back to the 80s. Yeah, let's do it. What two classic Spielberg 80s releases were based on the same script? Oh, um, I have no idea. E.T. and the Goonies. (laughs) <laughs> you got one of them right, and it, you know it, it had to be ET and probably uh, 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 Poltergeist. And Poltergeist, yes. What? So actually, the original script called Night Skies was about a family being not abducted but terrorized essentially by alien beings. So they ended up spinning that off into ET. But the idea of the the terrorized family never left St- uh, Steven Spielberg's mind. At which point he kind of took the idea and and morphed it into Poltergeist. Very interesting. And I do believe that there are scenes, I think like the neighborhoods that they filmed, both Poltergeist and E.T. in are the same neighborhood because they look identical when the kids are riding their bike around in Buena Vista or whatever they called it in Poltergeist. All right, you are one for three, but that's, hey, that's a good start. (laughs) No, it's not. You might know this one. You might know this one. What 1984 film was the first to be released with a PG-13 rating? 1984 film. Well, that was born in 83. I have no idea. I'll give you a hint. It starred a young Patrick Swayze. Oh, is it Dirty Dancing? I don't know what year that movie No, it was Red Dawn. Have you ever seen Red Dawn? 
Oh my seen God, it. you have to see it. I think they remade it recently. It's basically because back in the early 80s, there was all this fear of like the, still the Cuban Missile Crisis, the Russians, nuclear war. And it was essentially about a Russian invasion on American soil. And Americans were being held in like these prisoner camps. And this outlier band of teens somehow managed to get away living out in the hills in the woods. Yeah. And managed an uprising. Sounds like a fun movie. Yeah, Come like, over and let's watch it. I think Charlie Sheen was in it. Um, what's the chick that plays Marty McFly's mom? Leah. Leah Thompson. Yeah, she's in it. Um, lots of big names. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Poltergeist, I was just talking about this on my podcast before, uh-huh. is actually PG. A lot of people don't don't realize that. Yeah, that makes sense. It's a PG movie, but, you know. Well, it, they didn't have PG-13, and there was nothing that deemed it being R because of the language. Well, what year did that They did out? show panties. Oh. I remember being a little kid and seeing Jo Beth Williams or whatever her name is. Is that her name? Uh, jo Beth yeah, something? Yeah, and she was smoking pot. And... Well, but when the room, like, starts, like, she gets thrown up on the wall. It's at the very end, and she just finished blow-drying her hair oh, with yeah. the gray streak. And she just got a long nightshirt and some panties on, and the ghosts are running her up along the wall on the ceiling and her shirt keeps going up. Yummy. <laughs> totally derailed you from anything you were talking about with Folger guys. <laughs> uh, whatever. I, I roll with the punches. Right, you're probably not going to know this. I would definitely is, never. Is, is this where I'm at in the game now? Well, he's probably not going to know this, ladies and gentlemen. But we're going to ask. This. Some of these you might be able to get. Yeah. Um, but this one, at the absolute least, because you're a film buff, I think one good thing is even if I know you're probably not going to get it, it's still cool for you to learn oh, some yeah. of these cool facts. That's why I am a film buff. Yes. So I can learn about movies. Right. So okay. So considered quote unquote finger quotes filthy at the time by the Motion Picture Production Code. A flushing toilet was not allowed to be shown on film. What iconic 1960 horror film broke this censorship barrier by being the first movie to show a flushing toilet? Psycho. Yes! Ding, ding, ding! Good job, Stevie. So now you're two for five. That's it. You're already way better than you should be doing. <laughs> All right. Let's see how you do with this one. In the animated version of the film Aladdin, what actor was the genie character originally written specifically for? I actually do not know this one. Okay. It's a trick question. It was written for Robin Williams. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Well, I mean, I, I made sure I wrote the question in a way that it was factually yeah, yeah, it, correct. It was a trick question because I was going to say Robin Williams. But you know what went through my head, actually, was um, I know there was a dispute of having Robin Williams do the movie because uh, at that time Disney didn't want to put current topics in the films. They wanted their films to be timeless. So there's a big question mark of putting gotcha. Robin Williams in there. So like I had that in my head thinking, well, maybe there was somebody else. Well, they had to convince him. Apparently they did a lot of the animation looking where the genie looks like Robin Williams yeah. to convince him to do the part. So yeah, that is that is why this is called Jeff's Asshole Trivia. That's right. Later in the show, we will discuss trivia about Jeff's asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What do you call the baby fingers protruding from Jeff's anus? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Those are hemorrhoids. Hemorrhoids. No, I'm kidding. All right, that's not part of the... Just handroids. <laughs> handroids. Oh. In 1994, Jim Carrey starred in three blockbuster releases. Name all three. Um, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, Ace Ventura. Damn. Look at you! Three for seven, and technically one of them was a shitey trick question, so you're, that's very good. Okay, 
what 1998 blockbuster sci-fi film does NASA show during their management training program with the intent of having new managers spot as many errors as possible? To date, 168 errors have been found. Armageddon. Damn! Oh, now I don't feel like as much of an asshole, and that's pissing me off, Stevie! <laughs> I'm gonna, now we're going to have to do this again, and I'm going to have to find a topic that you like. I'm still losing. <laughs> trivia on menstruation cycles, like things that I know. Now I know you're already going to know this. I might not. Similar to Henry Cavill. Did I pronounce that right? Cavill. Cavill. Okay. I'm probably going to pronounce the next name wrong, too. Similar to Henry Cavill's fame mustache in the Justice League reshoots, what aspect of Gal Gadot, is that right? Yep. Gal Gadot's physical appearance needed to be removed from reshoots for Wonder Woman. Is it because she's pregnant? That is correct. Yeah. They had to green screen out her five-month belly bump. God damn it, Stevie. All right. Better not get this, you son of a bitch, because now you've got one, two, three, four, five. You're at five out of nine. You are over the 50% mark right now, my friend. Score. All right. And I do have a, a bonus question as well. After This is the 10th and final question, and then we'll have a bonus question just in case there was a split tie. Boner questions. Benadon. <laughs> All right. In 1968, Frank Sinatra starred in the film The Detective, for which he was contractually obligated. Look at you already nodding your Die head. Die hard. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to read the question for the kids out there. Sorry. I, I, I had to jump. That's okay. In 1968, Frank Sinatra starred in the film The Detective, for which he was contractually obligated. First dibs to replace. Reprise his role in any sequel. The sequel was finally written a decade later and used for what 1988 blockbuster film, at which time Frank Sinatra turned down the role due to being 73 years old. And that, of course, once again, Stevie. Die hard. You're an asshole. <laughs> All right, so you are you're a winner. Ding, score. I have nothing for you. I don't get a banadong? I will get you a banadong. A, a banadong trophy. As soon as we're done recording. <laughs> Like a banadong, like it's already starting to sound like a weird piece of like apparel that you can wear both on your head or on your junk. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's a universal banadong, yeah. As seen on TV, the banadong. <laughs> All right. Okay, so the bonus question since 2008, how many Marvel movies have been released? 24. Is that right? You're an asshole. Oh, yay! Oh, <laughs> I was hoping it might throw you because Black Widow just came out, so it was 23 up yeah. until just a little bit yeah, ago. Yeah, well, 27 if you include the TV shows. Okay, well, I didn't include TV shows. <laughs> Look, I said, how many Marvel movies? I answered appropriately. I used the word see, movies. See, asshole trivia is depending on if Jeff is going to call you an asshole or become an <laughs> asshole, depending on if you win or lose this thing, or right. perhaps both. Well, the whole point was for me to be an asshole up front, but since now you became the asshole by completely dodging all of my difficult questions and answering some of them when I was only two words in... <laughs> I would have appreciated it at least if you would have given me two answers for each question, just like earlier in the I podcast. I always made a joke about that. I was like, am I, allowed to, am I only supposed to have one answer for this? No. Yeah. All right. Well, well done, Stevie. Hey, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. You got a chance to meet Mr. Stevie Cade, a great friend of mine, great musician, podcaster. I don't want to screw anything up, so will you please let everybody know where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, everything I do is primarily on YouTube right now until I feel 
the need to invest into going on like other streaming platforms. Well, okay, I'll just break it down. Film Trigger for all my movie stuff you can find on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Socialmates, socialmates, and then I add. Yeah, it goes across the board when I do a live stream. It goes on all of those at one time, so you can communicate with us live in person. Like the movie watch parties. Yeah, that I've done a couple with you. Yes. You know where you guys can tune in, start the movie up at the same time yep. as you know Stevie and whoever he, he. Sometimes he has a couple other people from different spots of the country or the world that yeah. are doing it with him. Um, but you can watch the movie along and hear in a, a live commentary. Exactly. So it's, it's a really fun experience. So be sure to check that out. Yeah, and check out the one that Jeff was in, uh, where we did the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where he was what Jeff Attardo. Yes, Jeff Attardo. I wore a a mask the entire time that was a la the Ninja Turtles, and like the entire time, the entire time, you didn't take the mask off. Um, and then we also have uh, Studio Forty Seven Presents, which is just a made just a podcast. There's no video to it, just audio. And right now, that's just on YouTube. That's going to change sometime soon, but I'll put that in the description of this video. Uh, when you go check out that channel and you can also check out Jeff on that podcast as well but it's Studio 47 Presents on YouTube awesome hey Stevie thank you so much for being here oh my pleasure man thanks Thanks for for an awesome discussion and giving me the opportunity to not be batshit crazy and just stare at my wall and rant at myself no you were batshit crazy and you stared at me and ranted yeah (laughs) Fair enough. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, please go check out my friend, Mr. Stevie Cade, at all of the places he just told you to go. Until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Jeff. It's in my top 100 movie, 90s movies, so. Good night. <laughs>